Hello, lovelies. Before we get started, I want to let you know that I'm going on tour leading up to Pesach. I will be doing three pop-up shops, so you have the opportunity to try on clothes in person, get great pieces before Chag, and just come and hang out with me. So here's the full schedule. On Sunday, March 19th, I'll be in Asia Slyle in Kew Garden Hills from 11 to 7. On Tuesday, March 21st, I'll be in Myself Lingerie in Lakewood from 3 to 10 p.m. And on Sunday, March 26th, I'll be in Dirama in Flatbush from 11 to 5. If you've ever been nervous about shopping online, even with free shipping and returns, pop-ups are a great opportunity to come see what everyone is raving about. See my gorgeous designs, feel the top quality fabrics, and try on a dress or outfit to get a true idea of what the pieces actually look like on you. Plus, I'll be there to style you to perfection this holiday season. If those times don't work for you, remember that you can always shop select styles at the address in American Dream Mall or view my entire collection at impactfashionnyc.com. I can't wait to see what you all pick. Enjoy the show. From Impact Fashion, it's Be Impactful show about the women making a difference in their own corners of the world. I'm Rifki Squitz, and on today's show, I sit down with the founder of The Perfect Fit to discuss her approach to fashion. She shares what it was like to grow up in a plus-size family and how she created her online plus-size boutique. Plus, we ruminate on the state of inclusivity in modest fashion and discuss the frustration of brands stopping at size 24. heard of The Perfect Fit when Goldie Miller reached out to me about being on the show, and I am so thrilled that she did because I love discovering more plus-size options in the modest fashion world. Plus, Goldie is a wonderful conversation partner, so it was love all around. To start off, can you tell me what you were like as a little kid? Um, I think probably quiet, self-conscious, um, but as I got older, I kind of got more loud and into myself but I was more of a quiet kid when you say older are we talking like high school or like college or before that or after that yeah probably high school yeah probably high school I would say but I think I was always a little bit out there (laughs) was there something that like was there something that happened that made you be less self-conscious because I think this is something that's very interesting for a lot of people because I think that we see a lot of adults that are very self-conscious or insecure or something. And when you have someone who kind of worked through that as a kid, I'm always interested to know what that process was like. I would say a lot of therapy. <laughs> um, Amen. Which I'm proud We're fans of, of that here. <laughs> I think therapy is amazing and I recommend everyone do it. Um, I really think that was a big part. I mean, my whole family has always been plus size. Uh, not all my siblings, but most of my family. So... Um, so I kind of had to to work through that and, you know, learn that, um, that, you know, it's not something to be self-conscious about and that you should love your body. And of course, it's extremely hard and I still struggle with it, but I do feel like that, you know, through therapy, I did try to work on it and kind of, you know, have to remind myself, like, you're beautiful, you know, your body doesn't define you. Um, and I think that it was a really hard process and still a struggle every day, but do you it think did make, that, it did help. Uh, great. Do you think that the, that the fact that, you know, you mentioned that your whole family is, is plus size. Was that, was that like a different angle of this that you needed to grapple with? Do you think that that affected the way that you 
grew up? I do think I did. I think that um, at some points in your life, you do see your family not have maybe the healthiest eating habits. And um, of course, my mother tried to help us be more healthy and try to help us eat more vegetables. But I think that that when your whole family is struggling with something, meaning your immediate family, your grandparents, um, and that you grow up knowing that diabetes could be in your future, um, that that there is kind of more of like a stress. Um, and so um, I think that growing up, it didn't really resonate as much as when I was younger. But as I got older, I did feel like that, that it was more of like an awakening seeing my family going through a hard time and what they did to deal with it. Then like, I was like, okay, you know, this is something that I have to deal with. And, and it made it more real. What did that look like for you? Um, It was hard. I think that my most immediate was my father. He went through a lot trying to lose weight. Um, he did um, the band and then the band really didn't work out. Um, and then he did the sleeve. He did lose a lot, but I always through my life did see him struggling with it the most. Um, and I think that always scared me. Scared, scared you that like that you would have health outcomes or that you would just be big? Yeah. That I would be big, that I would never lose weight naturally. Um, and of course, as I got older, I realized that I did have PCOS and that's why it's been so hard. Um, and that I guess some of my fears did come true. Um, but it did show me that my life isn't going to be easy regarding weight. I mean, it's just something that I had to accept. Right. What is PCOS? So PCOS is, um, I'm not explaining it, but it's it's basically when your body doesn't ovulate naturally and that you have an insulin resistance. So your body basically has more estrogen than progesterone. So you have, you know, more facial hair, your body doesn't ovulate naturally. So most people have to do IVF or fertility treatments. Um, it's much harder to lose weight because you have cravings constantly. Um, those are some of the the side effects. So like I I can I'm gonna project for a moment because like I as a as a kid, I always felt that like when so like when I hit puberty and like I started getting armpit hair and like before somebody told me what deodorant was, which was I would like to clarify not a huge amount of time. Um, but I always felt like <laughs> like I had connected in my head that like, oh, like my armpits smell because I need to lose weight. Like that was something that happened in my in my, you know, I don't know, 12 year old brain that like if I was skinny, then my armpits wouldn't smell, which again is not how this this went on for like a week people maybe until I voiced this out loud and my mom was like let me introduce you to Dove um but I, I'm curious if you had similar kind of connections like thinking like oh if I lost weight then this facial hair would go away or if I lost weight then these other issues would resolve yeah um I thought that losing weight would cure my PCOS would um you know take away my bloating or you know just I wouldn't be 
so hungry all the time. Um, and that isn't always the case. Um, when I've spoken to my doctor about it, uh, PCOS is not always someone who's overweight. It could happen to someone who's a size six. So, you know, when I learned that and he said, it's not because you're overweight, it's just, this is, you know, what happened to you. And sometimes it's genetic and sometimes it's not. And so I kind of had to teach myself that, you know, I don't have this crazy amount of beard here, as they say, um, because I'm overweight. It's just something that I was dealt with. And now I just have to shave it every other day, you know? <laughs> um, and so, you know, I kind of had to like, keep telling myself that it's not because I'm this size. Um, and I think growing up, probably, I would say that I didn't know what bloating was, but I had assumed that, that, you know, I thought that if I lost weight, that the bloating would go away, which obviously it never did. Right. So you mentioned that in high school, you kind of like came more into your own and, and gained a lot more, you know, self-confidence. What, was there something specific that you did? Like, what was that process like? Was that around when you got diagnosed? Um, I got diagnosed actually my first year of marriage. Oh, wow. um, yeah, um, I had very, I guess we're going deep here. I got very, very irregular periods. Um, I did get it for about six months. And then I was like, hey, something's off. Right. Um, and that's when I found it out. Um, probably growing up, if PCOS wasn't really something that people talked about. And I think that if I would have gotten diagnosed earlier, maybe some of my symptoms would have been more regulated. Um, Meaning like you would have been able to get treatment for them earlier. Yeah. 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 Uh, but it was really not talked about. And my mother like didn't even think that it was even a thing, you know? Um, I would say, I really think that self-confidence really helps with who you surround yourself with. I mean, mm. I had an amazing best friend that told me I looked great every single day. And even though, sometimes someone tells you you don't always believe it but when someone tells you so long for like 12 years eventually you're like okay maybe she has something you know but I really don't think it was ever really like a day I woke up and I felt better about myself I think it really took time yeah that's uh, that's uh, I think that the things that you're describing are things that we we kind of all go through like there are so many things that you're saying that I personally also went through and I was I was never conventionally like what we'd consider plus size. There's a debate as to when plus size like starts. But, uh, you know, as a kid, I was probably like at my biggest, probably like around a size 14, which I don't consider plus size. Um, like I said, there's a debate, but we're not going to go there. And um, and all of those things that you're saying about like not feeling comfortable in your skin and like learning to, you know, be more than your body and all of that. That's something that I think that everyone has to go through on a certain level, no matter what size they are at, no matter what size their body is. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, you know, I think everybody, no matter what, always feels self-conscious. I think, I don't think it's a man thing really, but I think it's more of a woman thing that we, we feel self-conscious, like whether we have to wear makeup, whether we have to dress a certain way. Um, I really don't think that it has to do to size. Right. 
Yeah. And as someone also who has fit women of all sizes and like I have had the most confident woman who wears, you know, who is bigger than my size 24 and, you know, I'm making some custom clothes for and I've had like the most confident women that I'm doing those fittings for and the most self-conscious women who are tiny you know they're you know they're wearing a zero two and the two things are just not related like how we feel about our bodies has so little to do with how our bodies look it's it's counterintuitive because we've been told that if we were smaller we would be happier and it's just not true no it's not true i agree i think it's really not true even when i was at my smallest in high school i still didn't feel so much better i mean i felt a little better but i I didn't feel still like ultimately beautiful and had no, you know, I didn't feel never self-conscious at the gym or wherever I was. I think that it really is just the person. Like, it's just, I think also it's our society that people are just, you know, especially with social media and everything that's going on, it just makes everyone feel more self-conscious. Yeah. I could not agree more. So after high school, what'd you do? So after high school, I went actually straight uh, to work. I didn't go to college. Um, I did interior design for about two years and then kind of switched from job to job that I never really loved so much. Um, And then, um, you know, growing up, I always had the hardest time going to stores and trying on clothing. And, you know, I won't say this only about Jewish stores, but a lot of stores that I went into, they really made you feel bad about not being a size two. They'll be like, oh, we don't carry your size. Or they give you like a, you know, a weird look. And sadly, stores are still like that. And even companies are still like that. When I'm going to shows and I say, look, I only sell sizes extra large to 4X or like, what do you mean? You know? Um, And so, um, once I decided, you know, I think that's time to do something that I'm really passionate about. Um, I wanted to open up a store and I kind of did research and, um, and here we are. <laughs> and here we are. So the store is called The Perfect Fit. It's in Teaneck. Yes. Um, I'd love for you to tell me a little bit about, you know, what the store is, what it is that you do, the kind of things that you carry. Like talk me through the whole process of, creating this because I know that this is something that you put a lot of thought into and I'm and I just want to dive right in so actually I actually only have an online store I was going to open up my store in Teaneck but it didn't end up working out so that's why my email is still the perfect fit Teaneck that's hysterical <laughs> um I couldn't change it so I was like you know what let's whatever just it's it. fine we're based in Teaneck people that's like people always yes. want to know where my store is and I'm like well I ship out of Queens but it's the internet <laughs> exactly. Um, so I kind of started um, shopping around, kind of, I had to find trade shows. And the one thing that I really try to zero in on is making sure that the clothing will actually fit you. Um, I've had issues with companies that say that they sell plus size, but really it's a size six. And I got it. And I was like, this is not going to fit someone who's a size 20. It's just not. Um, so I really had to try on each item myself because I was like, and also the size, as you said, the size chart is like every single person has a different size chart and nothing makes sense. Like it'd be a size, you know, 10 and one and a 16 and a different one. And it just, it's a mess. <laughs> There's no universal size chart that everyone could go by. Every single company goes by European, US, 
like it's just so I was like you know what I'm just gonna try on everything myself I'm gonna try it on different people and kind of um, be very specific on my website about how it fits meaning if it runs big if it runs small it does run true to size but it's a thicker knit so you might want to size up because it's thick it's tighter on the body and so that was the one thing that that I kind of really put a lot of effort into and so that when the person goes onto my website they know how it fits um and of course obviously with being only online people like to try on things first so I try to do pop-ups I try to do in-person appointments so people could try on um I try to really talk to my customers and explain to them how things fit personally of how I tried it on and how it fit me um and I really just try to make pe people feel beautiful and confident. And, you know, I had to learn that my style is not always everyone else's style. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm more funky and loud and not everyone is going to wear a red dress. Um, so I kind of had to dull it down a little bit. I mean, I try to bring in some funky stuff, but I also need to remember that not everyone wears what I want to wear. Um, so I really try to have right now from what I've spoken to my customers, the real issue that people are having is finding more fancy clothing, Shabbos, Yontif, wedding. It's easy to go to Banana Republic and get a t-shirt, right? but it's harder to find something that is, you know, wedding or, you know, holiday, you know, wear. So for my summer season, I really try to focus on that. Uh, try to focus on more wedding fancy clothing. Um, I'm still going to have some basics and some everyday stuff. Um, but I also really try to have all different price ranges, meaning, you know, um, Sabbath stuff that are, you know, $30 to $300, because I know not everyone can afford the most expensive things. And why should those people feel beautiful? Um, so I really tried to find in, you know, all price ranges, obviously I can't carry everything, but I try, um, and my dream would try to be, you know, an all stop shop plus size store, you know, to have everything. Um, I'm trying to like put together, you know, the best shorts and the best wide calf boots and, um, you know, just because I don't sell it doesn't mean that it's not a struggle for people. And because it's a struggle for me, why wouldn't I want to help people find it just because I don't sell it? Um, so I really would love to, you know, go into pajamas and loungewear. Um, but I really am trying to focus more on clothing right now. One step at a time, honey. One yes. step at a time. That's how this, that's how this works. I'm curious if you have encountered this attitude because when I started my line which as you know is you know available in sizes two through 24 and almost immediately a lot of people who I spoke to were skeptical surprised I don't know what the right what the exact right word there would be but they would say things like oh well don't you know that plus size women just don't spend money on themselves they don't like they don't they don't care enough to spend that money on themselves. I'm curious if that's something that you've run into also and what your experience with that has been. Um, I didn't have that reaction, but I did have people tell me that they never could find um, 
nicer things for themselves and that things don't fit and that makes them really frustrated um, and especially when they go into a regular store and they don't carry their size about something that they really love and that's one of the things that I really wanted to do I wanted you to come to my website and everything is an option for you anything that you might like you can get it might not fit you and it might not look good on you but everything you want is an option um and actually, I've had a lot of women come to my pop-ups and be really surprised when they find something that fits them, that looks beautiful. Um, and a lot of the time they say, you know, I don't know, like I really don't wear, you know, fancier stuff. I I guess what you're saying is that they don't try and go find fancier looking things because they think that they won't find it. Right. And, you know, they come to my pop-up and they try it on. They're like, oh my God, I didn't even know this existed. Um, and I think also that, I also saw through the shopping of my trade shows that when I found out that regular companies like Yale New York, Maya's Place, um, and some of my wholesalers do sell larger sizes and stores choose not to sell them, it made me so angry. <laughs> I was so upset. I was like, I don't understand. It's an option. So why aren't you selling it? I'll give you my perspective on this. I sold wholesale for a bunch of years before I decided to go exclusively online. And the reason why I decided to go exclusively online was there were there were a bunch of parts of it, but a big part of it was that st stores had already like decided that I was a plus size brand, even though I did sizes two through 24. I'm not a plus size brand. I'm an inclusive brand. And because they did that, a bunch of stores were like, oh, well, my size two customers don't want to be wearing the same thing that a size 24 woman would be wearing, which is baloney. Let's just, let's just say that. I can't even tell you how upset that makes. <laughs> Can I just say also that like every single time that I say this, no matter who I'm talking to, whether that is someone who wears a size two or a size 24 or anything in between, literally everyone is like, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. No matter what it's size ridiculous. they wear. It's absolutely, it's absolutely bonkers. But the stores were like, I can't show the same thing to a size two women as I would a size 24 woman, which is just dumb. And then on top of that, they, the, the particularly the Orthodox stores got stuck in a really bad loop because Orthodox companies are relatively new. I started my brand about six years ago and I was, I would say like towards the beginning to middle of this explosion of modest Orthodox brands, which I would like to clarify, I think is fantastic. I think that it is amazing that there are this, that there's this explosion of from fashion, you know, out Agreed. in the world. I think it's amazing. However, a lot of these brands are started by people who do not have a technical basis in fashion, who themselves just like clothes, but don't necessarily understand how a garment is constructed. And because of that, the technical details of a lot of these lines leave what to be desired. Um, the fit is generally not great. The sizing is almost exclusively wacky um, and runs very small yes. and is just, and this is not anything to, you know, and I will say this over, I want to say like the last maybe two years or so, a lot of brands have changed their sizing and have made it more inclusive yes. and have worked and have realized that there were, you know, that they needed more outside input. And I, and I appreciate that very much. At the same time though, what ended up happening is that because you had all of these Orthodox stores, these from stores that, only exclusively carried from companies and the from companies all ran small people who wore above a size eight 
stopped walking into those stores because it was a waste right. of time. Like I, as a kid, wore like a size 10-ish, somewhere in that range. My sisters, who are much smaller than I am, were, were buying the extra larges. So what's there right. for me to buy? You know, there there was nothing exactly. for me to buy. So I stopped walking into those stores. And so they got caught in this endless loop because if they tried to bring in anything that would fit we're not even talking plus size. We're talking like size 10, 12, 14 now. It wouldn't sell because those women already were not walking into those. Are not going in. Because, right. right yeah. Like everyone who I would speak to who was around my size would be like, what are you talking about? I can't go into a firm store. Nothing there fits. So right. it created this loop where the stores are like, well, I can't sell those sizes. People must not want them. And the people are like, well, you don't have my size. So I must not. So, you know, I can't walk right. in. It's just and, an endless. Exactly. It's a chicken and egg, yeah. you know, the worst kind of flywheel type of problem. And so when companies started popping up that were offering larger sizes, the stores wouldn't carry them because they didn't think that they could sell them. And the truth is that in a lot of cases, those stores couldn't sell them because those women were already not coming. So when I was working with stores, I used to tell them, I need one thing from you. In your regular ad that you're putting in your local paper anyways, every single week, I need you to add one line now carrying up to size 24 that's it that's all i need you to write and the stores who listened to me and who did it did very well with my collection and the stores that didn't didn't because they weren't getting that customer because those people were not walking in the door so the options are only just starting to become available the companies have only just started now i think on a wider scale to offer those you know that expanded size range but it's it it did become this this terrible feedback loop of you know those people those people are not coming in so those stores are not carrying them and then if you have a store that comes in is like yes i'm going to buy these sizes and the companies are thrilled because they want more people in their clothes and they you know the companies want to dress as many people as possible so you you almost have to have these exclusively plus size stores because that's where people know to go and we've also seen over the last i want to say maybe like two to three somewhere in that range years an explosion of exclusively plus size brands you know, yes. Dorama is a little bit older than that, but you have My Dream Dress and you have Sorority in Lakewood and you have you, like you have these, um, oh, there's a Beautiful and Muncie. Like you have, yes. you have these, these stores that are now going to take those sizes. The companies were almost always, not almost always, but, you know, within the last five years, let's say, started offering. Yeah, no. Yeah, I've, I've spoken to companies like Japarel. Um, She recently just started doing plus size. She's going slow, but she makes gorgeous stuff. And I actually know her from when I was a kid. Um, and um, I never knew that she sold plus size. Um, and I actually, I don't know, I guess, I think Alyssa Goldwater posted on her story that she yeah, was she wearing it. Um, and I was like, oh my God, I didn't know. So I reached out to her and she said, yeah, I recently in the last year or two started making bigger sizes. You know, I'm not a bigger person myself, but I am trying to, you know, find the right sizing and not, not make so many pieces, but try to make pieces that people will love. And so far from what I've gotten from her, everyone has loved and it looks beautiful on me and it looks beautiful on them. And I think her sizing is really true to size and she's done an amazing fit um i also think that it doesn't only go to you know religious stores is that i i follow someone on instagram called remy bader sure i don't know if you've heard of her yeah yeah um, she's and great she said she's great and she's done amazing things 
Um, and I think one of the things that she said, like really hit me. And she said that she understands if you're a small store and you can't carry all sizes because it's expensive to have stock. But, you know, companies like Louis Vuitton, Chanel, multi-million dollar companies that are choosing not to be size inclusive and not carry larger sizes is what frustrates her the most. And it frustrated me too, because they have the choice to make bigger sizes, but they're not. And she said, even a step further that made her even more frustrated is that during fashion week, when these companies were saying they are size inclusive, but they're only making one plus size dress for one plus size model on the runway, but they don't actually sell it. Right. Um, and she said that she, the only company that actually had all size inclusive Every single kind of person you could think of on the runway was Tommy Hilfiger. They had older people on the runway. They had plus size men, plus size women. And they're really trying to like put themselves and make larger sizes, but no other company is really trying. I, know- I don't know that I necessarily agree with that because Christian Siriano is widely credited in the um, in, in the high fashion space with bringing size inclusivity to like to a mainstream spot. And he started doing it about 10 years ago. So really, yeah, in a lot of ways, I think about I think about that a lot because something that I have thought, oh, it's funny because I've I've spoken about this with so many people. And then he said it in an interview and everyone was sending it to me like, look, Christian Siriano agrees with you. And I was like, you probably thought about this before I did. But either way, um, if you can't design like there are plenty of people who will say, well, I'm I just I just don't know how to design for that body. Like I only know how to do for a smaller person. Then you're just not very good at what you do. Like there's really no it's not that different. It's really not yeah. that different. And just find someone who's bigger and figure it out. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not even a matter of figure it out. If you can only make a properly fitted garment that works on someone who has no curves at all. And like when you think about runway models, I actually remember this. This sticks out in my head so vividly because it was so matter of fact the way that she said it. I was an intern at a brand called Naeem Khan for one semester when I was in college. It was a fantastic experience, really shaped my career in a lot of ways. And that company is, I I do not have enough good things to say about that whole, about the Khan family in general. Um, For anyone who's not familiar, Naeem Khan is an Indian brand that's based in New York. The Naeem himself is um, from India and, and his family is here. And it's a runway brand. Like you can Google them and People you know have have worn his stuff. Um, and I interned there for a year and I was in for a year, excuse me, for a semester. And I was um, involved in a bunch of different runway shows. And one of the things that you do in preparation for a runway show is that you try on the clothes on one of the models. And that person is called your fit model. And you a runway model and a production fit model are two very different people because runway models are they're freaks. And I mean that not in like a derogatory way. I mean that in the, they are very rare, strange looking people. When you see them in real life, they look weird because yeah. they it's are funny super- I, I yeah. just learned this in a course that I'm doing on Vogue mm-hmm. and they were actually talking about runway models and fit models. So yeah. Runway models, when you see them in real life, they look, sh- they look a little alien-like. They are super tall. Yeah. They are super thin. They do not have any boobs. They do not have yeah. any butt. Um, and they all are usually, by the way, also like 16. They're usually very, very young. Um, and Vogue actually in the whole Me Too, Me Too movement actually made a, 
a rule for themselves that they were only going to hire models who were 18 and older unless the model was the subject of the story. So like if there was a child star, they would do a story on them, but then there had to be like a parent present and things like that because mm-hmm. all sorts of things came up around photographers um, who had abused models and 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 all of that. But when they did that, so many people who they had previously shot on, they had to wait until they turned 18 to work with them again. Like there were so many, like you saw this whole new crop of quote older models, you know, who are 18 that, you know, that they couldn't be working with any of these literal children anymore. Um, And I was, um, it was one day it was, um, we were doing the, the fit, the, the fit, the fitting for the show. So we were working with the, with the runway model and the dresses, the, the runway dresses are very delicate, especially what Naeem does is very beaded and it's very intense. And it literally takes two people to get each model into this cl- into you know the the piece of the garment yeah, right. yeah and so me and another girl were helping the model get in and out of the clothes um and these are not clothes that you wear bras with and so she was basically naked in front of us she was standing there in her underwear no bra and she is super super thin like she she looks prepubescent like she basically just has nipples she doesn't oh. have boobs and the other girl that i was with i wouldn't call her plus size at all she was like a regular human person she was looking at this model and she, and we were all very friendly at that point. Like if you spend enough time with somebody naked, you get very close very quickly. And, yes. <laughs> um, and, and whatever, we're all just chatting. And the other girl said, I need to know what your, I need to know what your exercise regimen is. I need to know what you eat. I need to know how you live because like, you know, I want to look like you and the model without missing a beat without like it was just so obvious to her she goes she's like oh you can't eat to look like this this is just the way I am she was like she's like I don't she's like I don't eat anything specific I don't exercise anything specific this is just the way I am like genetically she is just this you know this super super thin no boobs no butt and she she says all the way she's like she actually even says it she's like oh it's really hard for me to find a boyfriend actually because you know there's nothing for him to hold there's nothing there right yeah there's nothing wow. for him to work with and 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 when she said it i was like wow it is so obvious to you like the person walking around with the body that you know so many people are chasing that there was nothing that you did for it there was nothing that you could do for it it's just the way that you are and and this and and that's just the way that it is so when you're looking at runway clothes even by the way they're on prepubescent 16 year olds who are 6 feet tall literal freaks of yeah. nature and i say that with yeah. the utmost love and and respect but it, there's nothing that you can do for that their bodies are not a normal person body right it's, it's just not right and and you see like a runway casting and all of these like freakishly tall people are just walking around and i'm all of five two and i happen to be a little bit self-conscious about my height so like and i'm literally like with my neck all the way tilted up trying to talk to these people <laughs> <laughs> you know what's your name you know what what was it what was your appointment slot or whatever and it's just not something that you it's not achievable it's literally not yeah. achievable you either have it or you don't and it makes yeah. it that much harder when you you know when a, a regular person sees things on a runway on a red carpet on you know in any of these kinds of scenarios that it's just it's not an achievable look it's just not something that you yeah. can do it. And you're right. No, when there are multi-million not. dollar companies that don't want to cater, you know, that don't want to make their pieces. We're not even talking more inclusive. We're talking like able to fit a human. Then yeah, it, yeah, you're going to, you're going to end up with some problems. Yeah. Like, unless you're getting something custom made from one of these companies that like, if you can even afford that, like 
there's no way for you to actually fit into their stuff. Like, it's just, like, I'm not even going to try. Not that I even can afford a Louis Vuitton jacket, but, like, you know, like, I'm not going to go in and try to make myself feel good and try to fit into it. It's just not, like, it's just not me in my realm of reality. Like, right. it's just, you know, when I was actually shopping for my VAR dress, I had the hardest time finding a dress. I went to maybe 15 stores to try to find a dress that I could wear to my VAR, and I could not find anything. This is to your engagement and I, party. Yeah, it's and, a tough one. Yes. And a week before, I went to Elegance in Brooklyn. And this was not really in the price range that I wanted to spend. They have gorgeous stuff. And there's a reason why their prices are the way they are. They cater to you and they are with you every single step of the way of trying to find something that makes you look good. And that really made me want to have their kind of customer service. Because when I walked into that store, the lady did not bat an eye that I needed a larger size. And she tried to find every single thing in the store that might look good on me. And she was like, I'm not letting you walk out of here unless you feel beautiful. Because that reflects on me also. And I found something that was beautiful, obviously way more than I wanted to spend, but I felt like a princess. And I was like, that's how I want every single one of my customers to feel when they buy something from me. I want them to just feel on top of the world because even if you're not spending a thousand dollars on a dress, you still feel, you still, you deserve to feel that way. And, you know, every single person that walks into my pop-up, I really... I tell them, I'm like, if this doesn't look good on you, I'm going to tell you. I'm not going to let you walk out and look like a potato. It's just not in my nature. I was in a store once with my mother-in-law, and I was trying on a dress. I'm very close with my mother-in-law, and I was trying on a dress, and the lady in the store was like, oh, my God, it looks gorgeous on you. I looked terrible, like literally <laughs> terrible. And my mother-in-law turns to her, and she was like, don't lie to her. She looks terrible in this dress. She's not getting this dress. And the woman just did not know what to do. She was like, yeah, but it's beautiful. My mother was like, no, it's not. She she looks like a sack of potatoes. Like every single, she looks four times the size that she has to be. Like, why, why are you? No, she was like, we're leaving. Like, this is not, and this is like- I need well to have coffee with your mother-in-law. That's what I'm learning yeah. from this. <laughs> she was like, no. Like, she's like, you're my daughter-in-law. I'm not, I'm not going to let you wear something that I know you're not going to feel beautiful in later. And you're going to be like, I look terrible. Like, you know, and my mother-in-law is way skinnier than me and she, you know, but she was like, no way. Like, just no. Like, yeah. she I'm really told that woman off. <laughs> I would have loved and, to have um, been a fly in the wall. Uh, obviously, customer services is very important. I'm curious, you know, like you said, the, your business is mostly online. Um, how do you ensure that people have a good experience through a website? Um. So... A lot of people ask me questions on Instagram and I really try to be truthful and I really try to like tell them like, you know, explain to me what you wear. Explain to me, you know, what kind of style you like. Do you like more A-line? Do you like more, you know, a high-waisted dress? And I'll, you know, tell you what I think will look good. And I'm not going to say, you know, send me a picture of yourself because I feel like that's a little creepy. But like, if you want to do that, like, I'll tell you if your body is similar to mine, like what I wear, what I think look good on me. Um, and, you know, I have people call me and, you know, I really try to like give them the time and explain to them how my stuff fit. Um, and so I really try to like, you know, right now my store is not like 
all over the place and it's not so crazy busy. And I really try to like give them the time and Amir Tashem, I hope my store, you know, blows up. I really would hire someone just to do that because I feel like it's so important. Also, it reduces returns, meaning if someone gets it and it actually fits them, you know, great. Like, why should you pay return shipping? Why should you have to go through that struggle of being like, oh, it doesn't fit me. I'm so frustrated, you know, because I've really tried to eliminate that frustration. Obviously, I can't all the way and I can't force you to feel beautiful, but um, I want to take away that frustration of when you walk into a store and you know that nothing in that store is going to fit you and you walk out just feeling terrible about yourself and frustrated and sad and upset and you know it's the worst feeling and so that's really what I was really my focus on trying to make you feel like everything is available for you I mean in my store right I I love that that's such a good way to um to approach it's something that I'm also super passionate about with you know with my line and, and I basically spend most of the time that I spend online is really just talking to people about what works for them and sizing and and all of those things. And you're right. It really it makes the biggest difference in how people feel when a lot of times people will be like, I don't know if you have anything for me. I'm like, honey, challenge accepted. Like, let's see, you know, <laughs> exactly. let's see. Let's see what we can do. And there is usually something to work with. And that's, you know, the the best feeling. Yeah, I've been trying to find companies that actually go bigger than size 24, which I really haven't really been hard. able to find. Yeah. Um, and I actually work with one wholesaler. I don't know if you've heard of her, Leia Israel. Sure. Um, and so I actually was talking to her and she said that she really is trying to go bigger than size 24. Um, because people do come to me that's bigger than size 24. And I feel terrible that I can't find anything that will that will fit them because it's just not made. Right. And, you know, I wanted to create my own line and wow, that is like a whole different level. And I don't even think I'm there yet. Um, you know, learning that the fashion industry is two years ahead of where I'm at right now. is right. just like a whole new level. Um, but really, you know, my ultimate dream would, you know, be to go to size 30 even, um, because there are people who need it, but companies really just don't create it. Um, yeah, it's really tricky. Speaking as someone who has a line that ends at 24, it's re- it's tricky. I mean, at the end of the day, the the main challenges that I'm working with are space related. So I operate out of one room in my parents' house and I only have, so you know, I have it like literally every inch is accounted for. Um, and it is important to me to carry sizes two through 24, meaning there, a lot of people have been like, why don't you just stop you know, stop carrying, you know, two, four, six, eight, maybe even 10 and go from there, you know, and then tack on at the, at the larger end. And I hear the argument for it. Um, For me, it's important for a couple of reasons. First of all, I do have customers who wear those smaller sizes and I don't like the idea of abandoning them. That's, that's first and foremost, but also I think that, you know, we were talking at the beginning of our conversation about how people don't, people don't want to, people like to put, you know, plus size people in this other category, or they don't want to have the same um, clothing, you know, in the, in, in that size two, as they do in that size 24. And I think that part of having those smaller sizes and showing that dressing at a smaller size is really not that different from dressing at a larger size. It's much more about body shape and proportions than it is about size. Um, it's really important to me. And I think that that keeping, you know, that full range and being inclusive in that way 
is, um, you know, is important. And also for as many people as I get who ask me why I don't have, you know, like a size 26, 28, 30, uh, I also get people who ask why I don't have a zero. So, you know, you're, there's, there's always going to be some people at, um, at all ends. And so is that the reason why you don't go bigger that because you I don't, don't go bigger now because I don't like, have the space for you... it. Yeah. If I, if I had unlimited no, storage space, you did, yeah, if I had you know, unlimited storage space, would go bigger. I would certainly consider going, um, going bigger. Um, it's something that I've considered doing just on pre-order because pre-orders, I don't have to store, mm. um, you know, offering right. certain styles above. That's definitely something that I've considered. Um, but it's, it's tricky. It's tricky to do. And also there are costs involved with producing each size. So aside from right. the fact, of course, you know, more you have fabric. The, the, exact, for, not even the fabric, because the way that I cut my markers, most of the time I'm just reducing waste. I'm not actually um, incurring more fabric costs, which is why uh -huh. um, I'm able to charge the same price for all my sizes. That was also something that was really important to me. Um, yes, I've seen that, that actually bigger sizes cost more. Right. Um, and the reason that they'll always give is that because they have more fabric. Um, what most people probably don't realize is that the difference between each size is an inch and a half all around. So if we're talking about like a waist measurement, let's say if you take a size 10, that's probably like a 34 inch waist. And then a size 12 would be a 35 and a half inch waist. So you're not really talking about that much more fabric when you go up in every size like people for the most part exist within a certain range of sizes yeah that's number one number two the way that most garments are cut and this is not true across the board but you can arrange things so that when your garments are cut um if you arrange the pattern pieces in a certain way then what you're really doing is that you're just reducing the waste that there is in a fabric meaning if a piece is if a piece of fabric is 60 inches wide and your pattern piece is let's say 50 inches wide then that 10 inches is too thin to cut anything else there and that 10 inches will be thrown out so instead of cutting something that's 50 inches wide you cut something that's 52 inches wide and instead of throwing out 10 inches you're throwing out eight inches it's not it doesn't make that much of a difference um yeah going there but yeah there's definitely a struggle above size 24 there's no question about it yeah um i pay more for my clothing that you know an average store would pay for because they're not paying for the larger sizes so they're just paying let's say regular wholesale price you know i'm paying ten dollars more because it's plus size right you're also, they're also probably charging a pattern fee they're, they're also probably charging you a patterning fee because if they don't have that many stores that are ordering um, those sizes, then the cost of creating the pattern needs to get distributed among fewer customers. And that necessitates that they yeah. charge more. That's probably uh -huh. why. Interesting. Why right. that's there. Well, I know that with custom dresses like Leia Israel, um, you know, something she doesn't always cut. So I don't get every single fabric. Right. Um, and it happens to be her stuff really do run true to size. And every single person who tries it looks beautiful in every single thing that she makes. Um, and you know, she really, really, she's been doing bigger sizes for a very long time. Um, and so, you know, she's familiar with it and she, she really does a gorgeous, I never even knew about her until I started my own store. Yeah. Cause um, she's really a wholesale brand. She doesn't put her name inside her clothes. So yeah, the, she does the, it. Yeah. The label that's inside the clothes, a lot of, I don't remember what the actual, label names that she puts inside are but if I would and started rattling them off then I'm sure that a lot of our like the modest listeners would know what they are but it's not you know she has a lot of different lines so it's um, yeah yeah it's it's you you really find her at the trade shows she's like the queen of those 
situations. Yeah, she's amazing. She's really sweet. Um, um, I talk to her all the time. Um, so yeah, um, I think that that's you know my my ultimate dream would to be to have a store. But um, you know, one day <laughs> you'll get there. I'm I'm sure you will. I. I'm I'm so glad that we got this chance to chat and, you know, really dive deep into these issues. These are things that, you know, it's will be no surprise to anybody that I care very deeply about. And I'm so glad that we yeah. got the chance to, you know, delve in. If somebody wants to learn more about you or about the perfect fit, where can they go? So they can go to our Instagram, which is at the underscore perfect fit with two T's. Um, it's a little confusing because my website has one T. Uh, two T was taken. Um <laughs> So, um, actually one T was like legally taken when you buy your name, but mm. so everything is like one T, two T it's a whole thing. Um, but you could also go to my website. Um, I love chatting with everyone and they could, you know, DM me and I could try to help them out. Um, I do in-person appointments in Washington Heights. Um, and also, you know, I go to people's houses, um, and I really try to do, I really try to help anyone that I can and I really just want everyone to just feel beautiful I love that and what is the website for anyone who wants to check it out so the website is gettheperfectfit.com um and um hopefully you know I can help everyone and they you know they find my store and they're like oh my god I could finally I have options um and that's really the reaction that I'm going for I love that. Um, and I'm going to put all of that information in the show notes for, you know, you can find all of the links there if you want to go check out Goldie's uh, store. It's really, really well done. Uh, and the last thing that I want to ask you is what does it mean to you to make an impact? Everything. I mean, my whole entire store is about making an impact, about helping people, about being there for people um, and making people feel confident and beautiful. And that's really the impact that I want to have. I love that. Thank you so much for coming on today, Goldie. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about Goldie, her links are in the show notes. On the last episode, I spoke with Keshet Star about how her work at Ora Agunot has changed in the two years since Free Kaba. Listen to it wherever you're hearing this one. The Be Impactful podcast is a project of impact fashion, the clothing line I created because I believe that we are all deserving of the beautiful things life has to offer. See my modest designs that are available in sizes 2 through 24 by going to impactfashionnyc.com. Access all of that by swiping up on the cover art. There are currently 18 people listed by Ora Agunot as a recalcitrant party. View their names, photos, locations, and details of their cases by visiting getora.org slash recalcitrant parties. The episode art was designed by Michelle Moses, original music composed by Nissan Fatman. This episode was produced and hosted by me, Riff Gitzkowitz. Catch me on Instagram and Facebook at impact.fashion.myc. As always, here's to making an impact together.